Hindrances to healing. We're gonna, let's talk about this for a minute. I'm going to read the scripture, Mark chapter 6, verse 5 through 6. And if you're on version, you can pull out your notes. We'll have the lights up in just a minute. But for now, um, we're going to read from the overhead. If you will, I know you've been standing, but if one more time, if you'll stand for the reading of God's word. Man, God is here. His presence is saturated this place. Expect your miracle today. Wow. Hindrances to healing. Mark, Mark chapter 6, verse 5 through 6. This is some of the saddest words in the entire Bible. It says, And because of their unbelief, he, Jesus, couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Now, I want you just to catch something here for just a moment. If we pray and a few people get healed, we celebrate and rightfully so. We get so excited. God wrote and said he couldn't heal and do miracles. He can only heal just a few. That means God wants to heal everybody. I'm telling you, everybody in here, God wants to heal you. Wow. So you know what stops Jesus from healing us? Unbelief. And he was amazed at their unbelief. There's two types of ways we can amaze God. One is he gets amazed at our unbelief that we doubt his word. The other was when the Roman centurion said, I need you to heal my servant. He said, okay, I'm going to come. He said, I don't bother. He said, I'm a man under authority. I, I have people under me. They do what I tell them to do. I have people over me. I understand authority. He said, you just speak the word and it'll be done. And Jesus was amazed at his belief. I have a question for you today. How's Jesus amazed at you? Is he amazed at your unbelief? Or is he amazed at your belief? What kind of amazement does he stand over the banner of heaven and look at you with? I hope it's the amazement of belief in his word. Because I believe God's going to touch your body and heal you today. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your presence. God, you are here. Oh, man, you are here. And I thank you that every time you show up, sweet spirit of God, you bring healing, you bring power, you bring miracles. I sense the gift of miracles in the house. I sense the gifts of healing, the gift of faith. God, may they be in operation now, Father God. Enrich and touch our hearts and lift our hearts with faith to believe for our miracles today. Father, I pray you take every shred of unbelief out of our hearts and I pray you fill us with your word and your presence. God, I pray you'd anoint me and everyone testifying today that it would build faith, that it would encourage, that it would strengthen, and that we would receive all of our miracles today. Father, we ask your anointing to be upon us to speak today, not to speak in, in word and tongue only, but also in power and in deed. And so we'll give you glory and honor and praise for these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. I want you to hold your Bibles in the air in whatever form if you've got it. On your phones or in your hands. And, and remember you version notes. You can take notes and you can, you can save them and refer back to them later. But let's pray. Uh, let's just declare. Heavenly Father, by your grace, I'm going to be a doer of your word and not a hearer only. Deceiving my own self. Now, Lord, anoint my ears. Anoint my heart. Anoint my spirit, my soul, my mind, and my body to receive the truth of your word. Christ name I pray. Amen. Amen. High five two or three people as you're being seated. 
And when you're seated, we're going to show you a short video of who is about to testify. And they're going to come on and come down and be ready. Yeah. Amen. Praise God. So tell us what your names are. I'm Tom Reno. I'm Savannah Reno. Donna Reno. Amen. So tell us, uh, tell us what happened. I was uh, snaking out a drain for two days. And it was a drain that all the kids that I work, I work at a school and all the, at the nurses, uh, that the nurse had a clog. So I was snaking out a drain for two days and all the kids had, you know, for a hundred years had got sick in that drain. Uh, and the next day, someone right, you know, I woke up, you know, it was early in the morning, I fell. I couldn't use the restroom right. Uh, my son had caught me, or I would have fell down the steps. Uh, so we went to the hospital, and I got there. I remember about five minutes into it, you know. Uh, then all of a sudden, you know, we were at the hospital, you know. It just was, I had lived a dream, you know. I went to the hospital. And I was under a lot of anesthesia and everything, and I was hallucinating, uh, you know. So the first part of it was a pretty messed up dream. Uh, I had mycoplasma, rhombocephalitis. I had encephalitis. I had walking pneumonia uh, and a stroke, all for hitting my brainstem. Uh, and the doctors did not want to touch me because they they couldn't do nothing uh they had gave up hope on me you know they had told donna to prepare for me not to come out of the hospital wow uh, it was it was tough uh you know everything that they had wanted to do they made my wife sign off you know that if he died you know you're giving us con you know, you're saying, hey, you can do this. Uh, so it was a tough fight for her. You know, my son had stepped up. Uh, there was a lot of people that stepped up, but my son stepped up, took the main role, uh, and made the decisions, you know. And he did what pretty much dad would do is, roll, you know, go for it. You know, we, get, we ain't got nothing else to lose. Yeah. Uh, you know, my faith wasn't that strong back then. Uh, God had had a different plan for me. You know, it was, I lived a tormenting dream for 22 days. You know, I didn't come out of that dream because in my dream I had been shot up. Uh, and I didn't realize it, uh, it was a dream until when I was younger. Uh, about 19, I was in a motorcycle accident, and I lost my teeth. Uh, they had shattered. And at the time that uh, I couldn't do nothing, I couldn't move, I couldn't swallow right, uh, I couldn't lift my arms, my legs, there for a while. Uh, and then my wife gave me my set of teeth, and they were in whole. You know, so I knew That's my, when he knew he wasn't my brain 
finally started the fire. So, uh, so let me ask this, Donna. How long was had he been hallucinating? How many days was he in the, the hospital? Time, the yeah. whole time. It was a, okay. He didn't realize like what was going on till, okay. and we didn't know that because we would tell him to blink and he would blink and he would do stuff. So okay. we thought he knew what he was doing. Okay. But the fentanyl was what they put him in the comb, I guess, was making him hallucinate. So okay. when he finally got his teeth in his mouth 22 days later is when he realized like, oh God, I'm in the hospital. And then that's when he started knowing that all the crap that happened, okay. you know, was really happening. Wow. How many days was he in the hospital? Um, over 20, but it took him nine days just to figure out what was wrong with him. Wow. Wow. And how much weight did you lose, Tom? I was down to 119 pounds. Wow. And how much do you weigh now? 194. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, I, so at your height, 119 pounds. I'm 6'2". Yeah. You know. Wow. It was, it was definitely, you know, it was a, a lot of, you know, trying to get bigger. You know, and there was a lot of working out. Sure. You know, at my house. Right. Uh, in the beginning, you know, I had to. My cousin Greg gave me a set of weights, uh, and I started lifting. You know, just curls and stuff, yeah. just to try and get my strength back. You know, because I had to do everything over again. Uh, there wasn't one aspect of my life that. I didn't have to do over again. Jumping out of the back of a truck. I had fell down the first five times. You know, uh, it was a hard, it, it's still a hard fight. You know, I go through it every day. It would be like my brain would work five days, you know, and then two days it would not work, you know. Uh, and I always have said my brain is bigger than my head, you know. Uh, <laughs> And it tingles, you know, so I could feel it, you know, I, I didn't feel that feeling for a while. And then it started firing and it was wild. It was, it was a crazy situation, uh, you know, and, and I'm not 100% yet, but I'm getting there. How long know? ago did this happen? Amen. Yeah. How long ago did this happen? September 14, 2017. Wow, okay, so almost two years. So from your perspective, Savannah, and then yours, Donna, how, what were your thoughts going through this process with your dad, Savannah? Well, if you know us, you know that he's my best friend. So, like, we do everything together. But I woke up, and I knew something was wrong immediately because she woke me up. He wakes me up every single day. Well, he did at the time. And I got a phone call, and it was my mom, and she said, hey, like, get up, get ready for school. And I came downstairs, and, you know, he was talking weird. He was, like, not, like, something was off, and he was, like, talking to me like I was five. So I was like, okay, like, what's going on? And he made me go to school. He was like, no, go to school, go to school. I went to school, and my school was about an hour away. And then, like, my grandma calls, and she's like, you got to go to the hospital, like, right now. I literally got to the hospital in 25 minutes, and my school's an hour away. Um... <laughs> But uh, I just knew something wasn't right. Like, he was laying in the hospital bed, and everybody had, like, came in, prayed, and, you know, just was there. And then everybody left, and it was just me and my grandma there just, like, waiting for my mom to, like, come home or come back. She was just getting stuff to spend the night. 
And I was like, something's off. Like, my dad sleeps a lot. Like, he'll take a nap here and there. But, like, he doesn't sleep this much. Even if he's sick, like, he doesn't do this. Like, he's always up on his toes. Like, he can't sit there. Like, he can't do nothing. Like, he can't sit and do nothing. And, like, the doctors were just like, no, it's just because he's sick. It's just because he's sick. Like, he had a stroke. It's normal. And then, like, they finally come back with the MRI. And they're like, all right, we're wrong. Like, he's not fine. I was like, I was kind of saying that, but okay. And then um, he went into the NICU, and my mom had to put him into a coma. Because basically, like, it was like his body's trying to fight all of these things at once, and it can't, like, it's not giving its full 100% effort to fighting the mycoplasma rhomboencephalitis. But so they put him into a coma, and they started fighting, like, the um, actual, like, just sicknesses he had, like, basic sicknesses everybody gets to help, like, just start the process to get him to healing, and it just, like, was a constant battle of just, like, going in there, and, like, you just see your dad, like, laying on a hospital bed, and he can't talk to you, like, and he can't be like, hey, everything's gonna be okay, like, you just, you just sit there and look at him, and you just don't know what to do, and you can talk to him, but you don't know if he can hear you, and, like, it was just constantly, like, I didn't know what to do. Like, I'm 17, and I have to deal with this. And the fact of thinking that my dad was going to die was really hard because he's my best friend. Wow. What about you, Donna? Oh, what I was some a of mess. your thoughts and perspectives? <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. It was terrible. But I had my friend Carl, which is here. I had Tracy and Karen, my mother-in-law, Tony. We had a good support team. And we just had everybody we know praying. I had every pastor I know come down praying for him. Amen. God healed him. And you walk through. You know, I know that they've already see, you've already said the doctors gave up on you. Basically, they said you're not going to make it. How many people in the United States have ever come back from what you came back from? Nobody in. Uh, we don't know anybody yet. In America or Brazil. No, no one, one has lived through it. Did you just hear that? Uh, no one in the United States or Brazil has ever survived what Tom survived. They said they never have seen it. They've only read about it. Yeah. It wow. is not easy to pull up on the internet. Um, so you said the doctors had never even seen it. They had only well, read about it. Yeah, they've all, right. Wow. So my doctor, the one that I had, I usually go to, he, you know, punched it in on the computer. tried to type it in the computer and it wouldn't even come up. up. Wow. Uh, you know, we just had a lot of people praying. Uh, there were so many people praying for me, you know, and in this dream, it was it was messed up, but God was just kind of telling me, "Hey, put me first, and everything else second." And that's kind of where we're at, you know. I told Donna, I said, "Hey, this is where I'm going. I'm I'm putting God first. You know, everything else is second. Jump on the train, or I'm going this way, you know." And our lives are changing. Amen. You know, God has given me back so much. I, I told him, you know, we we had talked. I feel like, you know, he's my best friend. Amen. But, uh, I love that. 
you know, I just got this feeling like, hey, you're getting 110% back, Tom. You're not getting 100% back. You're getting 110%. Amen. You know, so I'm doing, I'm doing everything I can to get that 110% back. Amen. Uh, it's a work every day. It's a fight. It's nothing I wish on nobody. Uh, it's been the hardest thing in my life. Uh, it's still a fight today. Uh, we still go through it, uh, you know, but God has been good to me Amen. in this church. I love this church. Amen. We love you. I feel, you know, Amen. it's just a special place. Amen. You know. Amen. Savannah or Donna, do you have any parting words? What would you say to someone who seems like they're in an impossible situation? Do, would you say that, hey, there's hope? I, w I would now. Amen. <laughs> How cool is that? Amen. Savannah? I would say, like, like, no matter how bad it gets, like, it can always get worse. Like, it could get so much worse. So just think of how great it could be because that's what my brothers and, you know, I had to tell my little sister because not only am I, like, sitting there crying all the time, but my little sister, I've got to be like, can't just not do anything. I have to, like, make her have hope. So it was like we'd look at pictures and videos of dad and talk about, like, everything he, like, did. And it just, we, like, realized, like, like, that's not who our dad is. Our dad's not just going to, like, even when he's in that mindset of, like, that dream, he's not just going to sit there and do nothing. Like, like I said, he gets up and he does stuff all the time. Like, he's going to fight. And he fought and he got out of it. And, like, that's on him and God. And I thank both of them because without him, I don't know where I, what I would do or who I'd be. Yeah. Well, praise God. Thank you, Reno family. Amen. Let's give God praise. That's incredible. Amen. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Here. Wow, that's incredible. I think we ought to give Jesus a big shout. Man, that's incredible. I mean, the doctors couldn't even find what they had in the computer system. Nobody in the United States ever survived that. That's incredible. Man, God is a healing God. Amen. I just take a, a, a just a couple of minutes here, and I want to run run something by you. I, I you know few Christians will question God's ability to heal the sick. Matthew eight two and three says suddenly a man with leprosy approached him and knelt before him. Lord, the man said, if you are willing, you can heal me, make me clean. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing. I want you to look to your neighbor. You never know what they're faced with or what they're believing for. But I want you to look to your neighbor and say, God's willing. Jesus said, I'm willing. Be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. Is it God's will to heal your body like he did Tom's? Yeah. Emphatically, yes. Everybody shout, yes. Yeah. If, if you ask God to heal you today, his answer is yes, just like to the leper. So why are there some here today and all over everywhere and Christians that good God-fearing people that are that are not experiencing healing in their in their body? There there could be timing issues. There's a few things I want to point out. You know, first of all, the devil wants us to blame it on God, right? God, it's your fault. It's why why come everyone else has got healed and I didn't get healed? He wants us to make uh, up all kinds of compromising excuses. Uh, the facts are, God is ready 
willing and able to heal you. Do you believe that? But there are some hindrances to our healing. And, and I won't be very long this morning like I wasn't last week. Uh, here's a few hindrances that we have to healing. Uh, number one, lack of instruction. Right? Romans 10, 17 says this. So then faith comes by hearing. And that is, that is an active Greek participle, which means, present participle, which means basically that it, it's, it should read, really, faith comes by hearing and 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 hearing. So it's a, a continual hearing uh, by the word of God. That word, word is rhema, the spoken word, the, the kind of word that jumps off the page in your spirit. When you're reading in that, man, it just jumps into you. Kind of like in the Bible challenge, if you're doing that, hopefully that God has been speaking to you. Um, the early church kept back nothing but taught all the counsel of God. Acts 20 and 25, or 27. Uh, many are not hearing all the teaching of God today. Some are only receiving a partial revela- uh, revelation. Uh, I remember watching a video of a pastor that was up preaching. He could barely talk. He had like laryngitis and it was ongoing. And he was, he was you know, preaching like this. And he said, God doesn't heal today. And God does, and his just eyes got big. And God, he was preaching against healing. God healed him. I'll tell you, God's a healer. The hand of faith cannot reach out and take from God what the eye of faith does not first see to be the will of God. John 8, 32 says this, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Right. But you've got to know the truth first. To understand involves receiving, acting upon, maintaining, and steadfastly believing the Word of God. It means that when you look at your checkbook, and you say, I can't afford to tithe, you write a check anyways, and you say, I'm going to obey God, and believe in faith, and God brings back good measure Press down, shaking together, run over. Amen? You, you believe I can survive off 90% with God's blessing much better than I can 100% without it, right? The Word of God is like a seed, and sometimes you have to plant it and believe and believe and believe. We've been believing for Caitlin's healing of diabetes for, since she was 4 years old. She's 23. Does that mean God will never do it? Nope. Does that mean we give up? Nope. Does that mean we quit believing and quit... Uh, proclaiming scriptures and quit fasting and praying. No, we just, we just believe. We can't control God's timing, but we're not going to give up. Amen? The Word of God has the potential, has all the potential in the world to be the greatest benefit, but it has to be planted in good ground. Another, another hindrance is the wrong atmosphere. Everybody say the wrong atmosphere. A spirit-filled church will produce an atmosphere in which it is easy for God to work and it is hard for the devil to interfere. That's why we come in here and we pray and fast all week long and we have prayer meetings at the the church offices on Wednesday mornings at 10 and we offer prayer in here from 9 to 9.45. What are we doing? We're trying to invite the presence of God to permeate this place like He is now. That's why we seek God all week long so that the Spirit of God is in here and the Spirit of God will heal and bring healing and deliverance and the power of God to break bondages. Hallelujah! The same Spirit of God that has saturated this place. We pray, we seek God. That's what we need is God. Amen? A church that allows Jesus to be in their midst is a church where Jesus is healing like our church. Mark 2.1 says this, And again he entered Capernaum, for those of you who have been to Israel, you know what I'm talking about, after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Amen. 
And that's what my prayer is every Sunday, that Jesus is in the house. The atmosphere was right for a miracle. Hallelujah. And it's the same for us here today. Right? You don't shop for cars at grocery stores. In the same way, you don't go to churches that don't believe in healing or the spirit-filled atmosphere or the power of God to be present to go get healing. Amen? We need to believe God that what God said in His Word is true. We as the church must unite in praying for signs and wonders and miracles. I still believe in them. I'm reminded that Tom Vincent right back there in the back. Tom, would you stand for just a second? Would you do that? Could you stand up? Are you physically able today? And Tom, we're praying for total healing from a stroke he had. But Tom was declared dead twice. There's a, there's a dead man that's been raised from the dead twice. That's alive and well. Yeah. 1 John 5, 14 and 15 says, This is the confidence that we have in approaching God. That if we ask anything. Everybody say anything. That means anything. Anything according to His will. He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we have asked for. We've got to get back to this church. We put too many conditions on God. This must be the bottom line. We must pray what the early church prayed and believed. And that is the Word of God says that by His stripes we were healed. Someone shout amen. amen. Another and a final hindrance that I'm going to hit right now before I interview one more person is the traditions of men. Everybody shout the traditions of men. And this may be the worst and the ugliest of them all. Here's tradition number one. God is the author of disease. This is similar to people saying, well, if it's the Lord's will, He'll heal me. Listen, it is always God's will to heal you. Anytime you put an if there, you might as well just forget it because you're giving yourself an out clause. God is not the author of disease. God is not the author of sickness. Does everybody believe that? I know I'm hitting it again, but you've got to understand. Jesus paid a massive price. For you and I to be healed. And here's a revelation. He wants to heal you worse than you ever want to be healed. He's the one that paid the price for it. How can God be the author of disease when for over three years Jesus went about healing those who are oppressed by the devil? Listen, if God is the author of disease, then every physician, every doctor is a lawbreaker and every nurse defies the word of God. If God is the author of sickness and disease, then every hospital is a house of rebellion instead of a house of mercy. If God wants us to be sick, then it's a sin for us to be well. It is not God's will for you to be sick and diseased. It is not from God. It never was from God. And He does not want you to be sick and diseased. Everybody got that? Amen? Are we there? Listen, the fact is Jesus took 39 stripes on his body so we could be healed. Tradition number two says you can glorify God. This one just, uh, this is crazy thinking. You can glorify God more by being sick and exhibiting patience than you can by, by being divinely healed. Look, there's no room for compromising prayers. Some have prayed, Lord, you have laid your afflicted hand on this brother. No, he hasn't. No, God has not laid any afflicted hand on anybody. 
Sickness doesn't come from God. It comes from the devil. One more time, Acts uh, Acts chapter 10 verse 38 says this, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with what? Then Jesus went around doing good and healing how many? Healing how many? All who were oppressed by who? The devil. For God was with him. Where does sickness and disease come from? The devil. Jesus did what? Healed them all. But our, the traditions of men nullify the word. The previous scripture, if you go back to it, it says in Matthew 15 and verse 6 says, They are not to honor their father or mother. Jesus was speaking with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. Look, Acts 10.38 proves that sickness is, a, is oppression by the devil and not something from God. The fact is all sickness can be healed. And here at the end of this message, we're going to come around for everyone who needs healing and we're going to lay our hands on you and we're going to pray. And I don't mean lay hands in a rough way. We're not going to hit anybody. We're going to gently anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. You say, Pastor, I don't know know about all this. I'm new to church. Let me show you in the New Testament where it teaches us to do this. James chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. Is any among you sick? Notice what James says. Is any. Everybody say any. He doesn't say the easy cases. Well, you know, the ones with the common cold, we'll, we'll pray for those. But the ones with cancer and the big stuff, we're not going there. Hey, I just told you last week somebody walked out of here with a miracle from cancer. Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. That's what we're going to do in a few minutes. For those of you that want to be prayed for. Amen. And the Lord will raise them up. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. And the last, the last tradition is this. And this is another heinous one. The age of miracles has passed. Look, you and I are supposed to be living in the greatest of all ages. Right? And the last day he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. Shouldn't we be seeing more miracles and signs and wonders than less? This is the greatest day and age and ever to which to live. I believe with all my heart, most of us will never see a graveyard. I believe the trumpet will sound and we're going to be raptured out of this place. I believe the Lord is coming soon. I believe it. I do. I don't, we don't put dates and all that because the Bible says even the Son doesn't know it, only the Father. So if anybody puts a date, say, that's not from God, right? But I'll tell you what, by signs and wonders and biblical prophecy, we are close. So close to the second coming of the Lord. John 14, 10 says, Greater works than these shall you do. In fact, two closing scriptures and then Sarah's going to come. In fact, Sarah, if you want to come now. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you, Jesus speaking, I give you, us the church. Poke your neighbor, say you. If I say you. It says, behold, I give you. Poke your neighbors around you. Say you. Watch this. The authority, see, you, you've got to understand, Leon used to be a police officer. When he put that badge on, that was authority. That meant that if he stood out in the street and did like this to a car, the car had the power to run him over, but the driver of that car recognized the authority in that man and said, I better back off. Listen, you and I have the authority. We've got the badge, but here's the good news. Keep reading. 
He said, I give you the authority, watch this, to trample on serpents and scorpions. Now, that doesn't mean he's not talking literal snakes and scorpions. He's talking spiritual, evil spirits. Watch this. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So what he's saying is here, he says, not only have I given you the badge and the authority, I've given you the power also. You have both the power and the authority. You've got to understand, we have the authority. The devil tries to say, oh, you'll never get healed. You'll never get well. You'll never, you'll never. And he tries to get you to believe his side. And God is saying, hey, I've given you the authority and power. It's up to you. It's your choice. I don't know about you, but I want to walk in the authority and the power in which God has given me. Amen? In the last scripture, Jesus speaking right at the end, just before he's ascended to heaven, after he's died, he's raised from the grave. He is about to ascend into heaven. One of the last things he tells his disciples on earth is Mark 16, 17 through 18. These miraculous signs might. If you wish enough and throw the dice just right, you might hit a 7 and 11. These miraculous signs, for those of you who have never been to a craps table, you know what I'm talking about, but it's rolling dice, all right? I wasn't always in church, okay. These miraculous signs, what? Will. What? Will. What? Will. Will accompany those who? They will cast out demons in my name. They will speak in new languages. It is God's will for you to speak in tongues and have a prayer language. They will be able to handle snakes with safety. Now, again, we're not talking physical snakes here. We're talking the, e and the evil spirits. And if they drink anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. It's kind of like Paul. He got bit by a He wasn't trying to go get one and play with it. He threw the sticks in the fire. The snake bit him. He shook it off. And then they realized he didn't die. And they went from he was a devil to a god. And he's like, yeah, in between, just man. Amen? But... Watch this. They will be able. They, they might. No. Maybe if they do three Hail Marys and turn around just right, oh. it could happen. Is that what the scripture says? No. They what? Will. They what? Will. will be able to place their hands on the sick. And they might... They could. They hold their tongue and say the three Hail Marys just right. Maybe. No. They what? Listen. When we pray in just a moment and people stand up, when you go lay your hands on them, you're going in the authority and power of Almighty God. And you believe with all your heart that who you're praying for is about to be healed. Because you're walking in the authority and the word God has given you. You don't have to be some super duper Christian. All you got to do is believe the word of God. Amen. You go there and realize that if you're, if you're a Christian, you have Jesus inside of you. The Holy Spirit resides in you. Then when you lay hands on somebody, you're letting heaven touch earth. And they will be healed. Do you believe that? Do we believe the word? Is this the word of God? Is this the New Testament? This is Jesus. This is the last thing he says before he goes. 
Don't you know that when a person is leaving and they know they're leaving, they're going to give you the last? If a person knows they're going to die, what do they do? They pull the family and they tell them the most important thing on their heart. It's what Jesus said. Miracles haven't ceased. They're alive and well. Sarah, come on. We'll briefly interview you here. Uh, well, I've already told your name, so we know your name, Sarah I'm Thomas. Sarah. Amen. <laughs> we call her Staff Sarah because there's two Sarah Thomases in the church. So, amen. All right. So, tell us what happened and how long ago it was. So, um, I was busy moving and in with my two best friends. And uh, so, we were moving. It was in the middle of summer. Uh, so, it was uh, August of 2017. And I started feeling really sick. And, um, like, my back was hurting. And I was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. So, you know, I thought, like, I sprained something. Because at the time, I was also working with a personal trainer. So, you know, I was like, it was either the gym or it was moving. I don't know. Something's weird. Um, so, then eventually, a couple of days go by we're in October now and I started getting like these really like intense fevers and so I was like oh this isn't right this isn't right and so I went to the doctor and they were like oh you have a sinus infection and I went what I don't have a sinus infection so then a couple of days go by and I woke up having convulsions and Carissa was like that's not normal. So we went to the hospital and they're like, oh, you have anxiety. That's why you have a fever and you're having convulsions. And I was like, I don't think that's it. <laughs> and so a couple days go, more days go by and I woke up having convulsions again. And, um, and so I was like, well, I'm not going to the hospital because they're going to tell me I have anxiety again. So I kind of just put it off and I was like, you know, God help me. You know, I went through the whole thing and I calmed down and it was all good. So this is now November. Um, it's around Thanksgiving time. And I woke up on the day of Thanksgiving and I couldn't move anymore. I was completely unable to move. I couldn't sit. I couldn't walk. I couldn't bend over. So I was laying in bed all of Thanksgiving day and I was just crying because I was like, God, I don't, I, this is awful. And as the day went by, I started just losing kind of like consciousness and, um, and so my mom was like, do you want me to take you to the hospital? And I said, don't do it. I was like, I don't want to go there. And, um, and so finally it was around 10 o'clock that night I was sleeping and I woke up and the Holy Spirit alerted to me. He, and I felt him say, go to the hospital right now or you're going to die. And I was like, well, he doesn't do that often. Wait a minute, <laughs> so say that again. So God told you, <laughs> go to the hospital yes, or you're going to die. I'm going to die. And so I was like, it's time to go to the hospital. Yeah. I was like, he doesn't say that to me often when I wake up. So I went to the hospital and they were like, yeah, this isn't good. They took blood tests and they're like, okay. They came in and like all these doctors came in and my mom's like, you know, freaking out. And they're like, if she didn't come here, like, like she didn't get here as when she did, she would have died in like three hours. In 24 hours, you would have died because what I had is what they officially diagnosed as, like, there's a normal, like, infection called cellu cellulitis. Yeah. And, you know, that's just, like, an infection of the deep tissue, whatever. But I didn't know I had it because it was in my lower back, so I didn't see it. And so um, I had gotten abscesses the size of softballs in my body, and I didn't know they were there. And so it started attacking my bloodstream, and I was going into sepsis. And so um, I was in the hospital for a week, and they found another one. So I had to get another surgery, um, and... Um, and it was awful because I was like, I didn't even know this was happening to me. And so I, from then on for a whole month, I wasn't able to walk, move, do anything. And uh, for 
a month and a half, I had to have three days of three-hour IV infusions of antibiotics because the infection wasn't leaving my bloodstream. And then, um, then for about, how long was it? It was for a year and six months I had to go to a wound care center um, for three days a week for two hours to have them look at my skin and make sure that I was healing, and I wasn't. Um, so the infection wasn't healing and I wasn't getting healed. And so it wasn't until this January when I had been fighting and fighting. I said, God, why aren't you healing me? Did I do something wrong? Is there something wrong with me? Like, did I mess up? Did I not do something? And I just kept, and people were going, maybe you're not praying hard enough. Maybe there's sin in your life. And I'm like, that's not what his word says. He says, that if I call on him, he'll heal me. Yeah. And, um, and so I was reminded of the, the story in Mark where, you know, the blind man was brought to Jesus and Jesus led him out of the village to heal him. And he healed and he, you know, touched his eyes and he was like, can you see? And he's like, the men are like trees. The people are like trees, and so Jesus was like, he healed him again. And the Holy Spirit reminded me that sometimes our healing journey is in stages. And that it's our perspective of faith sometimes that helps us bring about our healing. And it was in in that time of my healing process that the Holy Spirit showed me who he really was and who Jesus was. And it wasn't because I did something wrong, but it was because I was supposed to learn more about him. And I learned more about God in that out that one year and um, four months than I ever would have done if I didn't, if he didn't, you know, if I didn't get sick. Um, but it was January 3rd that I was officially claimed healed and totally good. And I didn't have to go back to the doctor ever again for it. So. Amen. Praise God. That's incredible. Does Jesus love sick people? He only woke her up and said, get to the hospital or you're going to die. And the doctors confirmed, said, if you'd been a three hours later, you wouldn't have made it. Listen, God loves you. It is his price he paid to heal you. He wants to heal you. And he is here right now. And we're going to come by now. So here's what I want you to do. If you need any kind of healing, maybe it's emotional healing, physical healing, whatever. I want you to stand to your feet. And there's some folks going to come around. And they're going to pray. Ron, Ron's raising his hand. He just had knee surgery. He can't stand. But I want somebody to, to pray for Ron. But there's, I want you to stand to your feet. If you need a touch from God, I want you to stand to your feet. And we're going to come around now. There's some folks that have anointing oil. And there's, uh, we're going to pray for you. If you're, look, if you're a spirit-filled man or woman of God, swing. I want you to surround these people that are standing. We're going to believe God right now for healing. Amen. Didn't Jesus say if we anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord? The prayer of faith will heal the sick. Isn't that what God said? That's what we're going to pray and believe right now. They're going to lead us in some music. Uh, some of you elders, staff, elders, wives, spirit-filled men and women of God, prayer warriors. Just find some people. and just I want you to move around and just lay hands and pray. For those of you that are not, I want you to stand to your feet, if you will, and I want you to worship with us. Come on, worship. God's going to heal some people right now. I believe it. I believe it in Jesus' name. God's about to touch your body and heal you.